0: You're listening to Real Talk for Real Men, episode number 41. Welcome to the Real Talk for Real Men podcast. Lifestyle advice for men so powerful, you'll want to run your life on it. And now your hosts, Guy Mullen and Chris Field. All right then, welcome to another episode of Real Talk for Real Men. I am Guy Mullen.
1: And I'm Chris Field. Good to be with you again, guys.
0: It is good to be back. And uh, and Chris, we're going to be talking about... uh,
1: well, yeah. How do you put a label on it? Guy's been well, telling me about something that he thinks we need to discuss and we'll probably work out the right word for it by the time we finish discussing well, it. I,
0: yeah, I introduced it to Chris as talking about voluntary constraints, but that, that sounds a bit, uh, a bit unpleasant, doesn't it? Well, yes. And I think too, it just sounds like uh, yeah,
1: being tough on yourself, maybe even unnecessarily. So you better give us a, a, a framework for this conversation.
0: Yes. Okay. Well. Well. The well the framework is that, look, we all want to to get somewhere, don't we? Mm-hmm. We all want to achieve something. We all want to be someone that gets to some certain goal. Maybe it's a goal that you've got at work. Maybe it's a goal that you have for your marriage, for your family. Maybe it's even a goal for what you want to do in the, in the sporting sense. Uh, you know, run a marathon or, or whatever, and. And when we've got some goal in front of us, we can't just do be distracted and go everywhere which way and just do whatever comes up and expect to be able to hit our goal. We need to have some focus on achieving, on, on taking the right steps to, that are going to lead us towards that goal, right? Mm, so like someone's training for a marathon. Exactly. Say, so
1: the, the daily or weekly routine.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like someone is training for uh, for a marathon. So, you know, somebody who's a wants to be a top swimmer, they'll be up at three or four in the morning and, and off swimming in the pool before they, before they, they go home, and have some breakfast, then do some more training and, and whatever. And so there are some, some disciplines that need to be put in place. But not just disciplines, there are also some voluntary constraints that they need to place around themselves. There may be good things that they previously did, but they need to constrain themselves from them uh, if they want to achieve that goal. Now I want to scale that back, and maybe we're not we're not running for a, training for a marathon or, or some great sporting event, but in our marriages and in our families and in our work, I raise the question: Is does it make sense for us to put some constraints around ourselves so that we're better able to achieve the goals that are important to us?
1: So, if I could put that in my words you're suggesting that we look at the challenges we face or the goals we want to achieve or maybe even the problems that we've got to deal with and we see what uh, specific kind of predetermined decisions we can make that guide us or protect us or corral us into certain kinds of behaviour that's more protective or more
0: productive. Yeah, so if we want to put it in a sentence, I'd say that it's choosing to place wise restrictions around ourselves To give up a little that we might gain something of great value.
1: Okay. That still sounds rather highfaluting. Let's talk about. (laughs) Let's talk about. It wasn't a compliment, was it? (laughs) Let's talk about someone actually applying that in an area of a need. Okay. Something's wrong. Something's got to be fixed. All right.
0: So I like truffles. Okay. I like a lot of things, but I like truffles and I like licorice and I like chocolate. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and having a few of those is not too bad but having a whole heap is going to become a bit of a problem and will stop me from achieving some of the goals that I've set for my health for down the track right and so and so it's a, a very simple example where we need to put some I need to put some constraints around what I eat or how much I eat of certain things because if I don't then I know that my self control will not be sufficient in order for me to achieve my goals. So if you've ever been to a business meeting, you go to a, a conference or something, and you're sitting there at the t- round table, and there's usually a bowl of sweets, candy, sitting in the middle of that table.
1: Yeah, something like uh, peppermint or something like that.
0: Yeah, I'm not that fond of peppermint, so I can usually get away with that. But usually if there's other things, then the problem is you could, you're sitting there, and you, know, you can probably not have one for five minutes, maybe 10 minutes, maybe 20 minutes, but as soon as you take that first peppermint, that first sweet, do you think you can never stop at one?
1: Mm. Yeah, I see what you're saying.
0: You, you usually can't stop at one. And mm. we know this, for those of you who have kids, you know this, if you give your kids one Smartie, I don't know if they have Smarties Smarties for all our audience, but it's a little tiny, little tiny candy covered chocolate mm-hmm. and if you give your, your your child one smarty you know they've asked dad can I please have just one smarty and they said just one smarty and you give them that one smarty do you think they're just going to be content with just one little mm, tiny it just smarty goes
1: on and on from there
0: the asking will probably be even more intense than it was the first time around uh, they they don't want to stop just at that one smarty and uh so this is this is concept I learned um, from actually, from from a online marketer, one of the most successful online marketers called called Jeff Walker, and he has this he has this saying that I think he learned it from someone else that ninety nine percent is hard, but hundred percent is easy. And what that means is that you're sitting at that table, and you've got those can't the candy in front of you, in the middle of the table. If you just have one and try and leave it at one or two or three and leave it at that, it's pretty hard to do. If it's your favorite thing, if it's just something you're not that fond of, maybe you can do it. But for me, if it was truffles, I wouldn't be able to stop at one. But it would be easier, be much easier if I didn't have one at all, and even better if I actually moved to another table where they didn't have any. That's something something else that I wasn't tempted by, that wasn't so attractive to me. If it was truffles, I'd need to move to a table where where they had mint. Or even better get the, the thing taken away and, and moved so that I didn't have it in front of me. And so here is the concept coming in that that putting voluntary constraints around yourself is is easier and will be more effective towards getting you towards your goals than trying to have just a little bit and try and managing it with self-control.
1: So here's your reference. You use the word self-imposed, and I understand what you're saying then. That in a situation where there is some temptation, something that's not good for you, something where your natural course of behavior might really need to be reined in, put in place some kind of self-imposed protocol, a rule, uh, whatever it might be appropriate to the situation, that then becomes an extra fence to stop you from stepping Yeah,
0: up. and we need to make clear that there's uh, sort of, see two types of two types of voluntary constraints. One mm-hmm. is for things which are, are never good, which just aren't good for you at all. You know, so there's things like things like pornography, which just is not good for you. It's not good for your family. Uh, it's not good for your marriage. It's just has no it's no good, not good for the people who are involved in it. It's just it says no good whatsoever. You know, it's like to putting mercury in your body It's just some of those heavy metals. There's just no level of volume of those heavy metals which have any benefit to your body whatsoever. So those things, those things you put in one one bucket. Then there's another bucket where there are actually things which are okay, which are good for you, which in, in, in moderate amounts. Okay. And, yeah, you know, I read actually that water, we're all told, you know, some, we're told to have one Great and a half, two litres, two yeah. litres of water a day. But I also read just recently, yesterday actually, that uh, I can't remember what authority it was, um, but they said that six litres a day for a 165 pound person is fatal. Not on a hot day like today. Today it's. Know, 35, you know, 93 degrees Fahrenheit. It's a hot day, so we sweat. So you could eat, you could probably drink four or five litres of water and no problem. But athletes actually die from drinking too much water. It dilutes the salts and the electrolytes and so on. And so here is a good thing. Drinking water is a good thing. But having too much of it, it can be very bad for us. And there are situations in our life for that as well. Uh, so, you know, it might be good for you to go and spend some time by yourself, Right? Or to go and do some exercise and do some sport. Um, or maybe just sit down and watch a ball game or a football game or whatever. But if you do too much of that, then it can be detrimental to your relationships and detrimental to yourself and become sort of like an idol even that, that consumes your thinking, consumes your affections and takes you away from where you wanted to go in terms of your goals. So I want to put those, those areas of voluntary constraints in those two buckets. One, things which are always bad for you, and other, and other things where we just need to be make sure we're keeping it in balance and not going to extremes. And, and so uh, I think we need to talk about both of those slightly separately.
1: Well, then let's give, get a, a couple of practical examples. Mm. What would be one of those kinds of constraints you're talking about? Let's say to do with something that's toxic, we have to definitely stay away from.
0: Well, I think the, one of the big things that comes up for men is, is porn. We mm-hmm. I mean, just mentioned that before. It just doesn't have any good value. It might seem like it has some some value in the short term and gives you an adrenaline rush and gets those endorphins going and and provides you some level of excitement. But it it uh, you know you you'd have to you'd have to put together a pretty good argument to say there's any benefit at all for men for porn. There just isn't. And uh, so I'm not going to argue that here. If you don't if you don't believe that, then you need to go away and do some work on it. But my view is that there's just no redeeming value in something like that at all. And so we need to put some voluntary constraints around ourselves. Now, now the thing is that so we're all susceptible to different things at different levels. Okay, there's, you know, I, I, I know I've heard of some people who will go and they will do ministry um, evangelism type work in, in and around brothels with girls who are you know, involved in, in brothels and they, they are able to do that successfully, I assume. Uh, maybe there's some that, that aren't, but I assume that there are some who have got a, a special gift, a special grace that they can go and do that work. And uh, But for, for most of us men, we wouldn't be able to go and, and do that work. Uh, that, would, that would be too great of a, a temptation for us. Now, there um there could be a situation with with alcohol. Perhaps there's a, a history of alcohol in your family. There might be a predisposition to it. Now, there's, there's it's not hard to find studies that will tell you that um you know while you're responsible for your own decisions that you make, things like alcoholism and so on can can run through run through generations. And I actually worked with somebody. He didn't know his father until much later in life, but his father was an alcoholic and he didn't know it. And, and but he had a, he developed an alcohol problem as well without even knowing that his father had it and so we can be just we can be <laughs> predisposed to to different things yeah. and so we, it's not a case of choosing some arbitrary rule and imposing it on ourselves and putting ourselves in a fence just because it makes us feel a little bit safer just because then we we don't need to fear something and then saying oh well everybody else should have that ring fence around them as well i'm not saying that at all I'm saying that we need to take an honest look and talk to and let the Holy Spirit guide us as well. We take an honest look at what it is that we have some vulnerabilities in and think about what are some sensible voluntary constraints that we put around ourselves so that it keeps us safe and those around us those who are important to us safe so that we can and make us more able to hit our goals. Now that might be then Uh, constraints
1: that are simply mechanical, making sure that certain uh, internet access is not available or making sure that alcohol is not more readily available. There could be physical uh, arrangements in our world that we could make. Or I think you mentioned that uh, there are people that have different rules about when they will drink alcohol if they're going out to a function or something.
0: Yeah, well, Vice President Mike Pence is an example there who I've heard... Has a rule that he won't drink alcohol, so he doesn't put a blanket ban on drinking alcohol. Okay, so he says, "I will not drink alcohol if I am at an event that my wife is also not at." And so he's he's thought ahead ahead of time. He's thought, right? My goal, my goal is to maintain my moral authority. I'm I'm assuming this is the way he's thinking. I don't know for sure, but I, I reading between the lines, he's saying, "I want to maintain my moral authority. It's very important to my position, to my work, and to my family." I don't want to even have the appearance of 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 doing the wrong thing. I don't even want to get into a situation where I'm vulnerable and not not able to control my my actions and my and what I'm doing. So he places a voluntary constraint saying, "Look, I will have alcohol if I'm with my wife and we're in an event, but if she's not there, I'm going to stay away from it." And it was sort of a variation on on a similar thing that Billy Graham has done through all his life as well. So what I'm saying is just think ahead, of, think ahead as to what your goals are. What are the things that are important to you? So if you have a goal of saying, look, I want to protect my moral authority, then think ahead, then think down back from that. Or what are the areas where I'm potentially vulnerable? And then think of some voluntary constraints, some rules that you put ahead of time, so that when you get into that situation, you don't have to then make a decision on your feet, on the fly, and make an excuse. When the pressure comes on, say, well, why are you doing that? Don't be a prude. You know, come on, stand one drink. You've already made the decision well ahead of time, and you're sticking to it. And you actually find that people actually will start to respect you from those for those decisions.
1: I noticed, too, that there are, in many corporate settings and in church-type settings... There are guidelines and rules that are set down. So, for instance, no uh, male pastor or minister counsellor or whatever will sit and counsel a woman without yeah. a third party in the room. Those sort yeah. of um, That's the sort of safety net thing you're talking about. Wh- whatever your situation is, ensure that you've created an environment and made the right decisions to protect yourself against the potential for falling.
0: Yeah, ex- exactly. And and so they're, they're all going to be different for everybody else. And so I want to reiterate, this isn't about coming up with some arbitrary rules and then loosely tying, tying them to some theology uh, to, to back them up. Any, any rule we come up with, we can go and find Bible verses to back it up and then going and imposing that on somebody else and saying, well, look, this is what you should do. And if you don't do that, then I'm not going to be associated with you. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you having some goals and recognizing where you've got some vulnerabilities and just making some wise, sensible decisions ahead of time to protect yourself and to make it more likely that you're going to be able to hit those goals. Now it would seem
1: to me that there are probably, you've got your two broad areas, which is the area of moral uh, weakness and vulnerability. And then the other area of your own personal goals. We'll, We'll get onto that second section soon, but I'm thinking about how that, uh, for some people, their will is actually so weak that they could make any number of rules all day long and actually not keep them. They can intend not to do this and intend mm-hmm. to do that mm-hmm. and not actually do what they're, they're telling themselves that they're going to do. And that's where it probably is wise to have a third party or a friend, a spouse, a pastor, a counsellor, support person who actually uh, becomes maybe an accountability buddy or something to make sure yep. you really are keeping up to your your, your, your goals.
0: Yeah, look, there are a number of strategies that you can put in place, and we talked about offline uh, earlier about how, you know, there are some businessmen who, when they go away on a business trip, which is typically a very vulnerable time, even for pastors, and I read some statistics somewhere that when pastors go away on conferences, the, the porn rental at the hotels just goes through the roof, you know, so... That what we talked about was that there are some men who when they go and they stay in a hotel, they will have prearranged somebody to ring them each night and just ask them some questions and just keep them accountable. You know, so there could be some simple things like that. No, it's it's not easy to put ourselves in that position. It's much easier to, you know, to push our chest out and say, well, look, I can, I can handle it. You know, I can I can do it. I can. I can manage this, but the point of putting voluntary constraints around ourselves is acknowledging that self-control isn't really enough. Normally, it's not. Re- Some people can can exercise enough self-control, but very rarely is self-control enough. And in fact, the very word self-control—it's it's sort of it's implying a battle of a battle within self. You're fighting against your flesh, and that. When you when you're having that battle, just in those terms on that battlefield, then there's going to be times when you when you, when you lose. Mm-hmm. And so now we've talked then about
1: the areas of moral vulnerability. What are, what the other areas you're talking about? What are just your own personal uh, improvement goals, or or areas where a person sees they need to be maybe. And engaging in a better quality of relationship with their family, or they need to be. Uh, what would be the yeah. issues? You're okay,
0: about? so I'll give you I'll give you a personal example. Now I love I love the rugby. Those of you who are listening don't know what rugby union is, look up the All Blacks on YouTube and and, and you'll and you'll see why it's such a great. It's a sport. New Zealand weakness. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, yeah, and that's, that was bred into me from growing up in New Zealand. I love the rugby. Now I choose not to have paid TV in my home because well one because i don't want to pay it but but all but more so because i know that if it was in the home then i would be watching a game every weekend probably probably more and you know and you can easily come up with an excuse oh you know i just want to watch this game this is such an important game such and such is coming back from injury and that's a derby with such and, you know yeah. with, with the local team and you know, this is such an important game. If they win this, they go to third on the table. You know, there are, but there are relatives, there are a thousand of these games oh. and you don't really remember them down the track. And in the meantime, if you just do this to excess and it can easily become something which you do to excess, then it is taking valuable time away from... Other things which you've set your goals towards 168 hours in a week if you start watching too much sport how many of those are disappearing to it mm-hmm. now it doesn't mean that you never watch sport I still watch the All Blacks but I make it quite hard for me to do or I watch the you know I watch a replay on on YouTube or else I go to right. I haven't done this for a while but go to a friend's place. Let's get this right. You're not doing this just to punish yourself. I'm not doing this to so, punish so myself. why are you doing it? Well, I'm doing it because I recognize that this is a vulnerability. If I start watching it regularly, then I will want more and more, and I will want to watch every game, and it will start consuming my thoughts. I'll start thinking about the game coming up. And during the next day, on Monday, Tuesday morning, I'll be thinking about the game that's just passed. And I just... I don't want those emotional ups and downs and I don't want my mind to be consumed with, with, with that. Mm -hmm. I've just got other goals then. And I know that this will ultimately detract me from my goals, but I don't completely eliminate it from my life because it's something which I enjoy and it gives me some energy and it's just time to get away from, you know, the other pressures and the stress and stresses of life. But, and so, and so I've just chosen the voluntary constraint of not having the, the paid tv so that i don't make it so it's not easy for me to be able to watch now that might seem like a little bit of a harebrained example but it's just it's it's an area it's something that that i do well the word i throw in here is
1: the word priorities it's almost like what you're saying is i enjoy that it's great fun it's not by any means wrong but i don't want it to take the priority priority place that it would take if i let it go unmanaged exactly And probably that's true for all of us. There's all sorts of things. Our sport, hobbies, work, uh, special interests, time on the internet, uh, movies we like to watch, whatever. And our work, too. Yeah. And if we just give it to the wrong priority, it's at the expense of marriage or at the expense of time with our children or expense of our spiritual time, Bible reading, prayer, Mm -hmm. uh, involvement in Christian ministry or all sorts of other things. Yep. And so how would a person know that they've got something in their life that they need to manage? Uh, Yeah, that's a good
0: question. Well, don't look at me like that. You're supposed to answer the question. Well, usually, usually there are some indicators. Usually, there's some other people in your life who are, who are pointing it pointing it out. There might be some comments like, "You love that. You love your work more than you love me." Mm -hmm. How come you don't spend you spend your your time playing golf? You don't spend your time with the kids. So, and our natural reaction will be to. Attack that and to react against. Oh no, it's fine. I, you know, I yeah, I spend some time playing golf, but defending ourselves. Yeah, we yeah. would we will def- yeah. we will defend ourselves. But if other people generally are starting to notice that we're spending a lot of time doing something, then it's, it should be a good indicator that maybe we should stop and have a look at it. Okay. So it could be. Anything- I haven't had that with chocolate cake yet. Yeah. But- okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it could be anything. But it's a matter of each of us just taking that little bit of responsibility for our life
0: and recognizing that we may
1: actually need to put better management protocols into our yeah. daily
0: life. And so, with our teenagers, one of the things that comes up nowadays is, is is on their mobile phones. How many how many hours a day are they spending, or you even you spending, sending messages, or just on Chatting. Facebook mm. or Instagram or whatever it is on your on your mobile phone? Is that is that really productive time. And you can actually get some apps now which will track for you because it's very hard to keep account of how much time you're actually spending doing this. You can actually get some apps that will help to keep track for you of how much time you're actually spending. And I even put one of those on my phone. My my phone's pretty old now, so I'm not sure if will go on it. But, but uh, I might have a look at it just to – because I think we would be surprised – just we'd be surprised with how much time we spend doing these things on our phone or watching TV or you know or whatever. And, and when we look at 168 hours that we have in a week, and then we then we we see look we're actually spending eight hours a week watching television or you know in your case it's it's um, 16 hours a week drinking <laughs> coffee. Oh, <yeah. laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> We have to we have to have some way of actually finding out what is the place we're at now, measuring where we're actually at, and so that might involve take getting some asking some other people who are close to us. Well, how much time am I actually spending doing this? What do you think it's a balanced amount? And usually, your wife will be a pretty good gauge, and your kids will be a pretty good gauge of how much time you're spending on things and where your priorities are.
1: Now, at the same time, of course, we would also like to recommend to people that there are some things that the are priorities that may have not even been on their list. Obviously, you organise a, a weekly date night with your wife, things mm. like this, people taking your children out. There are mm. some people who have a wife and a bunch of kids and have never even thought about uh, prioritising one night a week with their, their wife or a special time with their children. And that means sacrificing something else that they've already given time to. So yeah. there'd be a number of things you'd probably recommend that should be prioritised.
0: Well, I, I definitely. I mean, one of the things when just as you're saying that about the date night, and that was actually one of the things that would be under threat if I was watching rugby, because normally the games are on a Saturday night, and that's when our date night is. Uh, you're know, on a Friday night, and so there would be a conflict there. Sometimes I would be thinking about the game rather than actually being fully present with with my wife. You know, my wife are pretty. Your wives are pretty clever. They can. They can fit, figure that out. They yeah. can figure that out pretty pretty quickly, and so. You know, so, um, look, uh, what was the question?
1: Well, I'm thinking about, imp- we don't want to impose on anybody a set of no. priorities, but we would say, obviously, being in Christian fellowship at church, reading your Bible, finding time to pray, spending time with your family, um, allowing uh, yourself to have meaningful input into your life rather than just trashy things. And
0: and, we're, and this way, where other time. male friends can come in as well. So, yeah. you know, you can hold yourselves hold each other accountable if you it'd be great if you can get yourself to a place where you can trust one another and and or get yourself into a small group and and say "Oh, well, look this is where my vulnerabilities are can you can you pray for me can you can you give me a phone call and just see how i'm going you know and you can you can uh you can reciprocate because you know as men we like to think that we're alone there's nobody like us and the, the problems we have are all our own but the reality is there's nothing new under the sun the problems that you and I have are are common to, to all men just to, to different degrees and at different stages of life so that accountability that vulnerability is a real can be a real benefit to us to help us to, to uh, to achieve our goals and that's ultimately what we're trying to do we're trying to we're trying to say, well, look, we're only alive here for a short time on this earth. I've got some goals I want to achieve, and and you know, and if I'm I'm going every which way, allowing myself to be distracted with things which ultimately aren't important, and they might give me a buzz on the sh- in the short term, but ultimately aren't going to help me get towards my goals. Then, then I'm 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 going to be happier if I if I restrict those, if I put them to the side, and and so. The the implication of this can be: Well, aren't you stopping doing things that you love? Aren't you, aren't you making yourself miserable by putting these constraints around yourself? But that's that's why the goals are so important, and that's why you need to look at those goals and align with your values, have them all aligned, and think, well, no, because actually, if I achieve those goals, then I will be happier than I would have been if I had have just gone off and, and done all these other things. Yeah. Yes, it's out there in the future. It might be three months, six months, five years down the track, but it is but it is actually about the best for you and for what it is that you want to achieve. And we're back really to the athletic example that you started
1: off with. A, a mm. sportsman knows that in the week leading up to the big race, there are certain yep. things they just won't eat. They won't touch. Not that they're illegal or immoral or bad, but they're just not the right things to have yep. while that goal is in sight. Yep. And the same way then we might decide that while our children are young, there'll be certain things that we will do that will just make sure we give them all the time that they need. Maybe when they're older and they're a bit more off our hands, we might be able to tweak and change the lifestyle or decisions or behaviour patterns. But finding sensible protocols that manage our vulnerabilities and uh, manage the distractions so that we can focus on the things that are best. I think that's where we're really uh, covering in this whole discussion today.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so what I would encourage men to do is to is, is to give your garden a bit of a weed. I'm not talking about going out in the paddock. I'm talking about your life. Take a bit of a look at it and think about the weeds that have sprung up and think about the things where you've got some vulnerabilities. There's some things that you need to pull out and just discard. Or are there some precious things that you need to put some guards around you know, when you put some young trees in the ground, you know, you, you protect them. You, you put some string up and you put some plastic around them and you, you protect them until they're strong enough. And just to, to a degree, we should do that in our own lives and recognize, well, there's, there's some things here that I want to nurture, I want to nurture uh, in my life because I want to achieve that goal of having that, that seedling grow into something big and strong and being uh, being a, a blessing to me and to others. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's your, your marriage you want your marriage to be to be a magnificent marriage. Well you need to you need to nurture it and you need to weed around it to um, give it its so it can grow grow strong with um you know, without without being crowded out. I'm
1: gonna run some examples just for the heck of putting it yeah. in the people's minds, right? Let's do that. I've known a family where They decided when their children were very young, they would simply not have a television set in the home. They Mm -hmm. just knew that it was such a time gobbler. It was easy just not to have a television set. If something was really important, they Mm -hmm. they would would get a DVD of it or something and be able to play it on their player uh, and the family could watch it. They weren't against the moving image on the screen, but Mm -hmm. they just simply wanted to manage it by getting rid of the television set. Uh, I know of other people who simply made their home a sugar-free home. they, they weren't going to be boiled lollies and that's kind of sweets. If children were hungry, they had to have a piece of carrot or they had to eat peanuts or they had to eat something that was of, of nutritional value rather than just sugar-laid. And these are the sort of things that people can do mm-hmm. that are structural, that just make their home mm-hmm. work in a certain way. Uh, there are people that I know of that have basically... Uh, Tried to set up a home-based business, particularly so that they could have their children working with them in their teenage years and have a better input and management and closeness of those children. Hmm. Uh, so these are the sort of things that could be any kind of range of options that people could have to actually put these. What do you call them? Imposed constraints. Voluntary, involunt- constraints. Yeah, the voluntary constraints they put into their lives.
0: Yeah, we reckon we do that with we do that with our kids. So you know, but as we as we get older, there are just a little bit more sophisticated examples where we need to do that for ourselves as well and the things which are important to us. Now, as kids, you know, we we have a fence around our place and the kids can't easily get over the fence when they're little. Um, but we we additionally had a rule, we we didn't allow them when they're little to actually be out the very, very front near the, near the fence at all. So we had a, a physical boundary, but we also brought back a, a voluntary constraint because... Um, That's that's just something that we chose we chose to do because it um, provided with some peace of mind and removed some of the temptation of climbing over the fence and onto a busy road with an eighty kilometer hour speed limit. So you know, so we we recognise that there are rules that we put around our youngsters to keep them safe, and we need to recognise that just because we're adults, it doesn't mean our freedom uh, our freedom in Christ, if you like, our the freedom that we have. Allows should should we should use that to be able to do everything under the sun and expect things to turn out the way we want them to. We need to use our our freedom wisely. We need to eliminate the time, uh, redeem the time, so we reduce our time wasters. But we need to have balance in all as well. Um, not about things which are evil, but we need to have balance of the the second category of the things which are which are good because we just don't want to be. We don't want to make ourselves miserable in order to achieve our goal.
1: At the same time, I'm also thinking of this idea that people have said that something that is of the highest quality is not usually at the highest quality because of all the extra things they've added, but because of the things they've taken out. Mm. So a a school that's famous for a high level of education... Mm. Uh, does that by making sure that the education program isn't distracted by a whole lot of unnecessary things or by poor quality teachers or by poor quality resources. And in the same way, our life isn't necessarily enhanced by the more things we stuff into it, but actually can be enhanced by what we take out of it that is in fact distracting, uh, that is in fact polluting to some degree our life. And then as we get it refined, it becomes optimally satisfying and, and effective in taking us forward.
0: Yeah, I mean the, the scriptures kind of imply this a lot. You know, it talks about choosing the narrow path and not um, turning to the left or to the right, but keeping focused on what our goal is. Um, you know, James one twenty one tells us to get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word that was planted in you, which can save you. So, you know, there are the um, there are there are a lot of a lot of teaching in scripture which we need to which we can take in and, and help us to remain encouraged, and remain focused on, you know, at, at striving towards our goal because we go against a prevailing culture when we, when we give up things. You know, we're, more and more we're being told we well, can do anything you want. You can be anything you want. You know, nowadays you can be transracial. If you choose to, if I chose to be a, a Chinese woman, then I can be a Chinese woman, and nobody can say anything against me. If I could, if I choose to be a, uh, if I choose to be a cat or a dog, and and go around and uh, lift my leg on a lamppost, then nobody should be able to say anything against. me. this is the way in some areas our, our society is heading. Um, but. Um, but, you know, the, but, but the scriptures say something different. And when we're, when we're following the scriptures, we do become a little bit countercultural. counter-cultural and that's where we do need that support around us. Uh, we do need some encouragement and we do need to keep things in balance so that we don't get discouraged and, and give up uh, before we've got very far towards our goal. Well, men and women that are listening,
1: may that be encouraging to you. Um, think seriously about your vulnerabilities, whether it's to do with uh, drink or food or uh, lack of exercise or lack of discipline or moral challenges, whatever it may be, work out protocols that can protect you. And when it comes to areas that are actually more important in your life than some of the stuff that you're distracting yourself with, try and find ways that you can trim back, prune back, put a fence for yourself around those things that would otherwise eat up your life.
0: Yeah, so so men and women are listening, take, uh, take responsibility for this and sit down and, and honestly take a stock stock take of your life and the things where you've got some vulnerabilities maybe there are some things you need to give up completely and you might need some help in order to do that uh, but maybe there are some other things you just need to scale back and you need to write some predefined rules around to keep yourself uh, to keep yourself heading towards your goal so I encourage you to sit down and do that evaluation and work out what constraints you need if you're brave ask your wife ask your kids, what you're spending too much time on, too much... It's not just time either. It might be energy, affection. Money. Money. And uh, and so I encourage you to go away and do that this week. And may the Lord
1: bless you as you do.
0: Yeah, it certainly will. He certainly will.
1: Well, thanks, everybody, for listening in. I trust this has been helpful and encouraging. This is Guy's itch, he thought, and I think he's unpacked it nicely for us. So thanks, Guy.
0: Well, oh, thank you, listeners, and we'll be back next time. See you then. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Real Talk for Real Men podcast at www.realmen247.org.